Well, it's a great day. Great to see you today. Uh, it's really, um, it's a beautiful day. It kind of started off a little yucky, but it's, it's pretty good. Um, a couple of things before I get into the Word uh, this morning. Um, first of all, um, it, just, to, just some church family information. Uh, Lois and Shelby are moving to, um, to New Jersey. Um, and um, uh, I told them that God would judge them, and this is, this is it. Um, uh, Lois and Shelby have, uh, they are board members on the Kid Care Board, and they're staying on the board. They're going to continue to work with us, so we'll still have that working relationship with them, but we're going to miss them, and it's just been a real... It's been our a blessing from God to have them around with us for these years and years and years, and I'm going to miss them, and I have bitterness about it. But, um, but uh, you know, I uh, just wanted to publicly say, you know, thank you so much to uh, to Lois and to Shelby, and uh, for just the things that they've done, and we've um, made trips to Africa together, and and. Uh, Lois has gone to Haiti and risked her life and with my wife. And um, so I just, it's just, a, it's a sad, it's a sad thing for me personally. And, uh, but I am going to miss them. And I know that you will too. And uh, Lois and Shelby as a church family. We just give you our best. And we, uh, we just ask that God would bless you and put you in a, in a great place there. And um, as soon as, um, God's season of correction is over with. Come on home, okay? <laughs> yeah, anyway, today's St. Patrick's Day for all you people who uh, are, I mean, John Sullivan, I mean, he, he likes, he thinks this is like Christmas or something, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, he's, you know, he, if you, you know, if you get around it very long, you talk with, within three within three sentences, he'll bring in the fact that he's that that he is that he is Irish, and uh, <laughs> but for all of our how many how many how many are Irish how many how many will admit it? <laughs> okay, all right. How, how many are Polish? How many are Polish? Bummer. <laughs> wow. Nobody? Huh. Man. I got to pray for... It's not right. Anyway, this morning we're going to be... I, I, I have been looking forward to preaching this sermon. I mean, because it's, it's just my passion. And, you know, it's something that I, 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 really, I really, really believe in. I, I practice it and I try and and encourage people as much as I can, but it's something that's just part of who I am. I this this past week I, I celebrated a, a personal anniversary and um and it's just something that was I, I was just kinda of looking back back over the years, but forty five years ago on Tuesday I uh was credentialed as a minister. And um it was uh You know, I mean, you know, obviously I had been doing stuff in the ministry before then, but this was the time when I was called before a group of elders. It was, as a matter of fact, it was at the Anaheim Convention Center, and uh, it was a large, large, large group of people, and 
I'd been through the grill. I mean, just really, really a uh, lot of just just a lot of work to get there, and it was just a great, great honor to have people recognize me and say, okay, we believe that God's going to use this person. And, uh, and as this past week, as I've been looking back over 45 years and, um, you know, just saying, wow, you know, um, you know, God, I, I hope that I have been um, a credit to the kingdom, and uh, I hope that, uh, and sometimes I, I, I forget um, that, you know, you know, um, the, I don't say I forget the call, but I, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you kind of forget, kind of get used to doing the same thing. And I, and I just, I, it was just a good reminder of just the incredible chance to, to be called and say, God, I want to use, I want to be used by you. But the thing is, is that we are all called to be used by God. We are all called to be used by God. We are all called for, to, to step up to the plate and to have God do something in our lives and use our lives. And today as we're, gonna, as we're talking about preparing for Easter, I, I've entitled the message today, you know, key to a, on the outline on the screen it's going to say key to a, to a powerful life. But on my, my, I mean, on your outline in the bulletin, it says key to a powerful life. When I was putting together the, um, the, the PowerPoint, you know, I just like the idea of power-filled life. And because I know that God wants us to live a power-filled life. And, uh, and God has made things available. There's several things that God has made available to us. But one of the things that God has made available to us is intercession. And being an intercessor, there is a gift, a spiritual gift of intercession. As a matter of fact, in the in the first hour, in the first time, maybe many of you were, some of you were there. But um, as we were going through the spiritual gifts, one of the spiritual gifts is intercession. But intercession is something that we are all called to do. We are all called to be intercessors. And we're going to put a definition to intercession, what it is. We're going to talk a little bit about it. And then I'm going to ask you to begin to step into that place of intercession. And, 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 and especially you know, preparing for it this week. And, but then next week, the week before Easter, I'm going to ask you to make it a week of fasting, uh, prayer, and intercession. I'm going to ask you to uh, just simply to, to move into a place and, and to say, God, this week, the week before Easter, I want to, to make it a special time of, of, of prayer and taking something and setting it aside to fast, whether it is food, certain kinds of food. Maybe it's a Daniel fast where you're just eating vegetables. That's the worst kind of fast. <laughs> you know... My, my philosophy in vegetables, if, if God would have meant for us to eat them, they would have tasted like chocolate ice cream. But um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know all the mothers are going, that's where my kid gets it. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, um, I do like certain vegetables, um, Snickers, brownies. <laughs> But, but that week of fasting and prayer, setting aside for me uh, those things that, 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 that are pleasing to the taste, that, you know, just say, okay, God, I'm going to, might mean turning off the television for the week, 
I know that for some of you, that's worse than going without food. Um, uh, turning off the, uh, the games on the computer. Uh, turning off Facebook. <laughs> uh, you know, we just went too far on that one, didn't I? Yeah, yeah there's certain things that God's, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to use it to invite people to church. Okay, I'll go along with that one. Um, but but just, just taking that time, Lord, I'm setting this time aside. It's not that God needs for us to, um, to do those things, to fa- sacrifice those things so he feels better about himself. It's that we need to do those things to show ourselves how important these things really are to us and that we are willing to forego a little bit to say, God, this is very, very important because it is a part of spiritual warfare. And as we're talking about this part of spiritual warfare today, and I hope that it will just grab your hearts in a, in, in a fresh new way. But I, I do want to encourage you to, to invite somebody. Last week I printed up about 500 of these little cards, and all 500 of them went last week. So we printed up more. Take some more. Again, so I've been saying, if, if you know it, if you look at this, it doesn't say on the front where the for our living Easter, not not nativity Easter living Easter. Um, uh, it, it doesn't say the time and the date, and the reason for that is because we want this to be a conversation card, where you can invite somebody to, to come talk to somebody and say, "Let me give you this. Would you would you come with me? Come 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 and join me on Easter, and if 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 you want to." Um, uh, just simply leave it at a at a at a someplace around. I mean, I guess that's okay. The we do have the website on here, but the most important thing is invite somebody. I've got a couple of videos I'm going to be showing you today, and I, I hope that they will drive it home. But the um, I'll show you one now, and the other one a little later on. But um, I'm going to ask you to, just on the idea of inviting somebody. Take a look at this first one. When you're scared to invite someone to church this Easter, you procrastinate. When you procrastinate, you worry that it might be too late. When you worry that it might be too late, you resort to desperate measures. When you resort to desperate measures, you end up on the six o'clock news and become ostracized by your entire community. When you become ostracized by your entire community, you're forced to relocate to Possum Neck, Mississippi and change your name to Skeeter. Don't relocate to Possum Neck, Mississippi and change your name to Skeeter. Invite someone to church this Easter. <laughs> okay, so uh, if there's anybody in here named Skeeter, um, sorry. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, anyway, God bless you. It's going to be it. We want to have we want to have fun. That's the reason that we're one of the ways that we're asking just to, to raise some money is just to have some fun with uh, with with what Kim is doing. And you know, as we're doing that, we really our desire is to send out cards to our whole community to you know boldly proclaim what we're doing. And it just costs a lot of money to to mail out cards. I mean, when you mail your bills, you're like, whoa, it cost cost half a buck to send something in the mail now. And, you know, and yes, I mean, they give us no, no, no graces. And so I'm going to ask you just, you know, you know, who do you, how many would you like to pay to it, to invite, you know, you know, maybe, you know, in your neighborhood, you know, I want to see my neighborhood reached. And so, 
you know, 75 houses or so, or whatever, however God leads you and guides you. But, you know, we really want to, to do something that is worthy of the name of Jesus. The, 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 the program on Easter Sunday is going to be, it's going to be a, a great thing that you'll be very proud of. Um, and you, um, you probably, if you don't invite, invite somebody, you will come that day and you will be so embarrassed that you didn't invite anybody that you will change your name to Skeeter. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but the most important thing above all of this is I want you to be in prayer. I want you to, to intercede. I have, have, I have um, all of our, you know, elders in training and elders. I'm asking all of them to, to pull together groups of five for, for prayer and for intercession. If you feel like that you would like to be a, a leader of a group of five people, just to, to call them on the phone once or twice a week, get together at least once a week between now and then, um, communicate often about prayer and about what God is doing, the names of people that you're inviting, that you want to invite to see them come. If you'd like to be a leader of one of those groups, would you, would you let me know? And, uh, and pull together your five. Pull together your five of people. Hey, would you join with me in prayer? Let's, you know, I've never done anything like this before, but it's just something stirring inside of me, and I, I think I want to do this thing. You know, don't feel like you have to be a, uh, you know, uh, a, a dynamic leader to do this. I'm just, I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pull together teams of prayer so that we can, that we can see God answer and we can see God do great things. So today as we are talking about, about this issue of, of, of intercession and of being a person of prayer, when we are, we look at problems around us, you know, how do we get certain problems answered and that power-filled life and understand what, what intercession does and how intercession causes things to, to happen. Maybe it's a situation in, in a family where, where you know that your family needs great prayer and there's something going on where the enemy of God just keeps winning victories over the family of learning how to intercede and learning how to not, you know, have a, a weak prayer that, oh, well, God, if you want to do something, go ahead. And God, I don't know why everything always goes wrong, but, oh, God, just, just do God stuff, whatever, you know. Um, but of understanding how to pray with confidence and how to seek the face of God. Whenever there's a situation when we see people's lives crumbling or we see even nations crumbling and people will come together and they, they, they call upon the name of the Lord and they use the God-given authority to, to hold back the hand of the enemy. You see, we can rule by prayer, but we have to make certain that when we are ruling by prayer that we are tapping into God and his ways of doing things. It's very, very dangerous for some Christians when they, when they assume their prayer life is, is going to really move the hand of God and they're praying in, in an incorrect way. And I'm going to talk to you today about how to pray in a correct fashion and how to, to move into the enemy's territory in a correct fashion. It's a passage in 1 Timothy in chapter 2, 
verses 1 through 4, and it says, I urge you then, first of all, you know, first of all, what, what, what God is telling us to do, first of all, that petitions, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for all people. It says, for kings and all of those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. That we're to be praying for people, but we're also to be praying for those in authority over us. He's going to go on in this passage, and he's going to say that the, that the reason for this, because this is good. This is good. You want to do something good? Pray in authority. Uh, and it pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and come to a saving knowledge of the truth. And he's saying, pray for, pray for those in authority over you because this is good because God wants all people to come to, 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 the, to the knowledge of truth. You see, so many times maybe we don't like who is over us as our, as our political leaders. God is saying, I don't care if you like him or not, pray for him. Pray for him anyway. Because pray that you can have peaceful lives. Because if you have a peaceful life, you are going to be in a better place to do the work of God, to present the gospel. And as you're interceding, one of the most important things that you need to do as you're interceding for Easter, you need to be praying for peace in our government. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior. I don't care who you voted for. Uh, the fact is, as we are told, to, to pray for them, to pray that things will go well in our country, things that will go well, that we can advance the gospel. And so many times we can get so busy choosing off the political people that we, we forget that we're not here to, to, to change politics. We're here to present the gospel. And this is what God has called the church to do. He's called us to be the church. And we are to be praying, yes, the Bible does tell us we are exposed to the deeds of darkness and that we are, to, we, we are under the authority of a higher calling when we, are, when we are told to do things. And there's a couple of things coming down the line right now that are very, very scary. But we are still told to, to, to pray and to pray for those in authority over us that, we, that things will go well, that we can preach the gospel. And this is a part of being a good intercessor. God, work in our government. God, work in our government. We pray for peace in our government. Now, as we, as we have this place of being people of prayer and ruling by prayer, we have to understand that we must be praying according to God's plans and according to God's will and realize that we have a great place of authority. That as believers, that there is power that we have in the geographic areas that we are living in. That as believers, the Bible tells us that, that, that one will send a thousand to flight, that two will send ten thousand to flight. That as a believer, if we, if we are in our community, that we are the salt of the earth, and that we must be praying for our community. When God was going to destroy Sodom, and, and Abraham is very honestly, he is interceding. He is bartering with God. He is pleading with God, don't destroy the city. 
if we can find if we can find you know um, uh, you know a, you know a hundred righteous a thousand righteous we are saved but if we can find you know and so he, he's barred all the way down and finally he comes to if we can find ten and God says you know yeah you know yeah, for the sake of ten we'll do that what we understand is that as 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 Believers in Christ, we have authority over our geographic areas that we live in. And so many times we can just dust our hands and say, oh, forget about it, forget about it. It's just not, there's no sense in praying for it. But as a believer in Christ, you have authority. You have a God-given legal authority. When I say legal, legal in the kingdom of God to be praying. When Satan came, when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them dominion over the face of the earth. And Satan came in and he stole it through lies. And he had that authority. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness and Satan said to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you this. He had the legal right to give that to Jesus. Because as human beings, we had given it to Satan. And Jesus said, you don't understand. This is, you know, Jesus came knowing he was going to rule earth. And he was, a, he was, Satan was appealing to a part of what Jesus knew that he was sent to do. But Jesus understood that it wasn't going to happen that way. It was going to happen another way. And so many times we can almost barter with Satan and we will sell out to the, to the kingdom of Satan thinking, but I will advance the kingdom of God in, in, in doing this. And Jesus said, no, no, get behind me, Satan. This isn't, this isn't going to work this way. This, not, this isn't how it's going to work. And in 1 John, where it says, the reason the Son of Man came was to undo the works of the devil. When Jesus died on the cross, he then took that authority back. And he says, and he's given that authority to us. Satan still lives. As a matter of fact, many people still give Satan authority of places in their lives. We are called to take back that in a place of intercession and prayer. We are to pray that, that, that God's kingdom will come. The Bible says very, very clearly that it is God's will that most men come to repentance. Is that what it says? No, it says all. Not a majority, not a whole bunch of them, but it's God's will that all men come to repentance. That's God's will. So when you're interceding for somebody that is not a believer, you are praying according to God's will. Directly we have been told in, when, in the, the, the manual on prayer that Jesus gave us. When you pray, pray like this. You know, worshiping God, loving Him, adoring Him. And then to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's God's will that all men come. Now, this is, this is that, the sad part, that God's will is not always done. There are people that are going to go to hell. But we are to pray that God's will, that all men come to repentance, that that be done. We're told to pray that. We are told to intercede. We are told to, we are told to, to wrestle for that, to, to, to wrestle against, against darkness and to, to, to pull down strongholds and, 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 and authorities that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. And so we're going to look at this of, of how to make a difference, how to make a difference, and, you know, and, and what is intercession? 
In first, I'm sorry, in Second Corinthians, in chapter ten, verses three and four. And it says that though we live in the world, you know, Jesus is in heaven. Where he told us, well, you're here, pray this way. Well, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that is, raises itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so my, my, my mind, my thoughts, it says, oh, God doesn't care, and God doesn't care about my neighborhood, and, and those people are really bad, that they are not the enemy, and that we are to take those thoughts captive, and that we are to, to see people from God's point of view, and that we are to use our weapons of warfare, and that they are there to demolish strongholds, that we are to pull down strongholds. Now, what I'm going to say is going to shock a little bit of you for a couple seconds here, but hang on, it'll, it'll make sense, okay? This is not God's battle, it's your battle. These are not God's weapons, these are your weapons. God is not going to pull down the strongholds, you are. God pulled down that stronghold, God say, no, I've, I've equipped you to do that, you go do it. Now, we are to make sure that we are not praying like a bunch of immature, uh, you know, childish little Christians that are, that are doing things in a, in, a, in a dangerous fashion. But we must stay in the spirit. And we, and we don't, we don't, our argument is not the way that the world argues. We don't wage war the way that the world does. We fight with weapons that are not weapons of this world. They are divine in power. Yes, we, there, we are to defend the faith. We are to, to have a strong understanding of faith, and we are told to be able to give an account for the faith that we have. But I'm going to tell you something. You're never going to argue anybody in, in, into getting saved, into accepting Christ. You may prove them wrong, you may humiliate them. You may show them that, that their, whole, their whole system of thinking is, 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 is off. But unless the Spirit draws them, humiliating somebody does not show them the love of God. People are drawn to God by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Your supernatural weapon to tear down strongholds is a prayer life. It is that place of, of releasing the, the Holy Spirit to draw somebody. You can speak the words of truth. We have been told to speak truth, not to argue and not to tear somebody down, but to speak words of promise, to speak words of truth, to let them know that God does have a great plan for, our life, our, for their life. Our weapons are not fleshly. When we try and pull in that fleshly side of it, every time we are, going to, we are going to lose and even drive people further away. So the, the tearing down of these satanic forces, it is not God's job to do it. It is our job to do it. Who is going to tear them down? God, no. 
Who's going to tear them down? We are. How are we going to do it? By praying according to the Father's will. By being people that, that know how to pray and how to effectively use prayer to move against the enemy's plans. And one of those places that we start is saying, by God, would you bless our government? And for some of you, I'm going to be really honest, for some of you, the hardest thing that you can do is to pray for a Democrat president. And the warfare takes place right there. Will you do it God's way? Intercession is prayer that, I'm going to say it this way, and you'll, you'll, you'll get it a little, fur, a little further, but intercession is prayer that, that, that pleads with God. Now, it's not that, that you've got to convince God that God's just you know, got a good mad going and wants to destroy everybody. It is, that, you know, it is pleading with God, and all of a sudden, that's coming to the place where we're seeing, we're seeing that, that, that God, uh, the heart of God. Did God want to destroy Sodom? No, he didn't. He's a, he's a good God. He's a God of love. He's a God that, that he, he's our good shepherd. He's, he's a God that has passion for people. We are his prized creation. All of them. The ones that are mean and that, that are hateful. The murderers, the rapists, the, the people that, are, that, are, that destroy they are God's prized creation, and, and he loves them. And it's given to that place to where we're saying, Oh, God, thy, thy kingdom come, and thy, God, thy will be done. God, forgive them. See, because the honest truth is, every one of us shoved that spear in the side of Jesus. It wasn't that one Roman soldier. We, we were there, too. We were just as guilty of doing it as, 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 as that one guy was. We, we, we had the hammer in our hand as much as, as, as the Roman soldier had. And, and, and coming to that place is saying, God, we know that you love humanity. Let our hearts break for those that your heart breaks for, God. And as we begin to plead for God for those lives of people, then all of a sudden we begin to have that same heart for them that, that, that God has for them. And intercession involves taking hold of, of God's will and refusing to let go of it no matter how long it takes. Just personally and honestly, some, you know, sometimes as a pastor, I just get tired of praying for Claremont. I'm, just, I'm being very transparent this morning. Sometimes I just get sick and tired of praying for Claremont. And I go, oh no, God, I'm so sorry. I'm getting weary and well-doing. And you told me not to do that. You said, Larry, don't get weary and well-doing. Stay faithful. You see, God calls us to be faithful, not successful by Donald Trump's standards. We judge success, even spiritual success by a standard that Donald Trump would put on it, not what God has put on it. And sometimes his will takes place over years and years and years of intercession. It is warfare. It is fighting for territory. 
It is that key of moving in and saying, God, we're going to fight for what you love, and, and that is humanity. We are fighting against forces and, 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 and authorities in this present evil world. We are not fighting against people. People are not the enemy. People are the goal. They are the treasure. They may look like the enemy from time to time, but intercessory prayer takes this, this place in the spirit world where, the, where we battle for lives with our, own, with, our, with our own lives for our families and for our nation. And we are putting ourselves in that place of calling God to come and to do his work. And there's a battle plan that God has. There is, there is definitely a, a battle plan. And that battle plan is that, that, that we as believers, that we must do it God's way where we are not fighting against people, but we are fighting against the powers and against the authorities. And we must do it with the confidence that we have to enter boldly in, into the, to the presence of God. And as we are embracing this, this battle plan, as we are saying, okay, God, I am going to do it your way. In, in Hebrews in chapter 4, verse 16, it's a key passage for any, any intercessor for anybody who wants to pray to see the hand of God move, to undo the works of the devil, to break the power of, of drugs over a person's life, to break the power of promiscuous sex over, over a person's life, to, to break the power of hopelessness and depression over any person's life. An intercessor must see themselves at this place. And therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. That the intercessor must understand that through the blood of Jesus Christ, that, that separation veil, it was, it was ripped in two when Jesus Christ died on the cross and now we have the right to enter boldly into the presence of God. To enter boldly into the presence of God and saying, God, have you considered this person down here? Have you considered this person that their life is so destroyed and is so bound up by the works of the devil right now? Have you considered, God, would you send your Holy Spirit to draw them? To tear down those strongholds, we are equipped with the weapons to do it. And if we don't use those weapons to tear down those strongholds, God is not going to tear them down. He has given us that authority to do it. As his kids, he expects us to come boldly into his presence, to request him to send his Holy Spirit. You've heard me say this a thousand times in the past, if you've been around, and I want to say it again. The devil continually goes in the presence of God. You wouldn't think that. But Satan continually goes before the presence of God. One of his names is he is the accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. It's, and Jesus said, you speak your native tongue. Your native tongue is lying. And, and you speak your native tongue. But he always goes before God and he lies about you. And he says, no one cares Father, the, the dominion over the earth, yeah, we had, a, we had a little tussle over it. And yeah, you know, you, you took it away from me and you gave it back to people. They have control of the earth. You can't send your Holy Spirit to draw them because nobody cares. The authority is theirs. They have the authority. 
They're the ones in control. And if you send your Holy Spirit to do it, you're, you're overriding their will. And this is the reason that prayer, to go before God and to say, God, I want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. God, I'm calling on you to do this. You give God the legal right to say to Satan, shut up and get out of here. They do care. And that's why one of those incredible word pictures in, in, in Revelations that the prayers of the saints are stored up in bowls at the foot of God. And your prayers, when you're praying according to God's will, they're stored up there. And I really do believe that God says, you, you, you Satan, you're lying again. You're lying again. Look at this. Here's my filing cabinet. Look, look at my filing cabinet. I can send my Holy Spirit. Well, I just, if God wants to save them, he'll do it. No, if we want them saved, if we want the Holy Spirit to draw them and work in them, then it's up to us to pray, to fast, to intercede, to call in the name of the Lord, to insist, oh God, nothing but your best, God, nothing but your best. To drive through your neighborhood and insist, nothing but God's best. God, draw them, draw this family, draw this family, draw this family. And God, this, God, just get them out of this neighborhood. God, just get rid of them. <laughs> oh, no, God. Oh, God, they need you as much as anybody else. So the battle plan is that, that if you are born again, that you are called to, to be an intercessor. All of God's daughters and sons are called to be intercessors. We are we're God's kids. We enter into his presence with boldness. This incredible access to God is to anyone who will believe in anyone who will call in the name of the Lord. Intercession is a serious matter because people's eternity depends on us being intercessors. And we must be prepared. We must understand how to use that authority. And we cannot leave our, our weapons behind. We must be willing to, to go into battle. And that's the reason I'm saying for this week, join together in different ways and different forms. Next week, as we come together, as we come together in a week of fasting and prayer with great confidence and knowing that God is going to do a great thing and that we will see numbers of people come to know Christ. The next part of the spiritual warfare, and it's one that sometimes I, I, I hesitate to talk about because so many times immature believers will get a hold of it, and I've seen this happen numbers and numbers of times in the past 45 years, and I've seen believers just get the daylights beat out of them. Uh, people who, do, who, who they see a, a weapon and they, they all just use it, and they're not really ready and equipped to use it. They think it's a weapon, but actually it's, it's a trick from the enemy to destroy them. We have the power to, to bind the works of Satan. We have the authority to bind the works of Satan. But if we are not doing it in the right way, in the right understanding, we will get the daylights beat out of us. We open ourselves up to the attack of the enemy, and that's all he's looking for. I've seen young, immature believers running around all over the place. You know, you know, I bind you, Satan. I bind you, Satan. I bind you, Satan. I bind you, Satan. And all of a sudden, not only are, seriously, I mean, not only are they, are they you know, beat up, but many of them just simply turned their backs on God and walked away because, because they misused. They didn't understand how to use it. It's the best description I can think sometimes is they will see this, this thing, and instead of it being a, uh, you know, a lightsaber, 
the Jedi Knight lightsaber, what it is. It's, the, uh, it's more like the toy that, that, that our kids use at, at Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving, at Halloween time. <laughs> they use it at Thanksgiving time too. It looks like, and if you swing it right, it sounds like, but it doesn't have the authority behind it, and they think that they have authority. And instead, all they've done is they've stepped into the enemy's territory and had the daylights beat out of them. As believers in Christ, Jesus said, if any two or three will agree upon this thing, you know, you know in my, in, according to my name, it will be done. But I'm going to tell you something. You better make sure that you're standing really close to God and you know what God is saying about that. You cannot use it for it to gratify your own flesh. You cannot use it to, to, to make yourself look good. You cannot begin to take pride. Oh, I bound this and I bound that and I bound this and I bound that. You're, you're in for big trouble. But as believers in Christ, taking that stand and knowing that Jesus has given you authority to, de- to defeat the power of the enemy and to show that you have identity in Christ, not identity in some kind of a foolish, vain ego that is trying to look spiritual when it's really not spiritual. And when God's Spirit is in you, as a matter of fact, yes, very, very truly, it's more powerful than it's in the world. But you must make sure that you're praying according and binding something according to God's will. And even the Bible says that, that, that even when, when, when the archangels were fighting over, over, over Moses' body, it wasn't, he didn't say, I bind you, Lucifer. He said, but the Lord rebuke you, Lucifer. Make certain that it's coming from God and not from a, a, a selfish ambition. And at the same time, I'm saying, but don't step away from, from, from being a person who's saying, no, I'm going to bind this. I want to use the authority that God has given to me. Lord, would you bind this in the name of Jesus? Would you block this demonic power that is harassing my son or my daughter or my husband or or my wife? God, I want to bind that now in the name of Jesus. Under your authority, God, not on mine because I found a, a, a flashlight that looks like a lightsaber. But Lord, under your authority. When we begin in the spiritual battle... Understand that you're not alone, that Jesus Christ is there interceding on your behalf. He's there at the right hand of the Father saying, yes, empower them, empower them, empower them. And move ahead strong in what God has called you to do. The next thing is you can't give up. You can't give up. Intercessory prayer, it, it, it's, it's something that, if it's real intercession... It has nothing to do with time of, well, I'll do it once or twice and see how it works out. If it works out, then I'll keep doing it. But intercessory prayer is that because we have understood and we know the, the issue of drawing near to God, then we are, we are armed for battle and we are ready to, to move into to what God has called us to do. And we are going to, to use those spiritual weapons and I'm going to continue to use them. And I'm going to to press on until it's apprehended. I'm going to continue to press strong and deep into the things of God. This is the kind of prayer that is key to seeing breakthrough in your life and in the lives of people around you. It's that persistent prayer. It is not giving up. 
It is insisting on God's best and not getting weary in the well-doing. It is a prayer that says, God, I know I've said this a thousand times, but God, I'm here to say it again, not out of rote, but out of, but out of real honest heart. God, I know that this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Intercession does not give up. Intercession does not call it quits after a time. Well, I haven't seen God answer, therefore I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop. In Luke, in chapter 11 and verse 10, Jesus uses an illustration about the importance of persistence in prayer. Traveler comes to a, to a guy's house, and he's got nothing to, to feed this, this traveler, his friend. And uh, he goes next door to his neighbor, starts knocking on his door in the middle of the night. And everybody's in bed, and everybody's asleep. And Jesus is not saying that this is God. He's saying this is the heart that you have to have. And he's saying, he goes next door to his neighbor and says, hey, I, might, I have a friend show up. He's hungry and needs some food. Will you give me some food to feed my neighbor? Let me some food. And the guy says, no, my kids are in bed. Everybody's asleep. I'm not going to give you anything. And the guy stays there pounding on the door. Come on, come on. I got a guy hungry next door. He's really hungry. Let me have some food. And then Jesus says, I tell you that even though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Now, first of all, God's not saying, you're not my friend, I'm not going to give you anything, and we wear God out, we, we finally wear God down. But this is just a story that Jesus is saying. If this guy would do that, how much more persistent should we be with a God that loves us? Keep knocking, knock and keep knocking, seek and keep seeking, keep going after it. God, I want to see an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this city. God, I want to see, I want to see. God, I'm not going to give up. God, God, would you send your Holy Spirit to, to draw the people in this city? God, would you send your Holy Spirit to, to, to reach out to those around us? God, would you send your Holy Spirit to save my son or my daughter? God, you know, there's a passage that says, give God no rest until he establishes peace in Zion. We are to give God no rest until, until we see those things come about. Jesus said, you've got permission to keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking. And this is the heart of the intercessor. The intercessor is just going to keep on, is going to drive everybody nuts until they see that answer. And we have been told that we, we are to do this, that we are to, to, to stay armed for battle, that we are to use those weapons of our warfare, and that we are to step up to the call. We are to step up to the call. You know, there's a very sad passage in the Bible, and it's in Ezekiel in chapter 22 and verse 30. God has shown his love to the children of Israel. He has performed miracles among them. The priests, the religious people of the time, just because they didn't want to make everybody mad at them. Well, you know what? If you say this, people are going to get mad, so let's don't say it that way. Whatever you want to hear, we'll tell you. Yeah, things are really good. You know, um, you, know you, want, you want premarital sex to be okay? Yeah, go ahead, do it. It's okay. That was a day in the past. Things, things are different now. Things are different now. You want, yeah, it's okay. Go ahead and believe it that way. Uh, you know, culture's changed. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And God says, oh, you've called what was, was, was profane good. 
And you've called what was good profane. I need somebody. I need somebody to stand up and say, foul ball. And God says, I, I've looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of, of the land so I wouldn't have to destroy it. I found no one. I know that you're here today because you're willing to stand in the gap. You're willing to say, you know what? I got those hurts and nicks and wounds. They don't matter. I want to stand in the gap. You know, I beginning of this sermon, I played a little video for you, kind of a, a fun little video. But this one I want you to pay very close attention to. I'm going to ask the worship man to come to the front. And ushers, if you would come to the front also. same in your church, I promise. It'll be full. It'll be full of people like me, full of people who haven't been to church in a while, full of people who think they might be critiqued or analyzed or judged unfairly, full of people who don't have God in their lives and aren't exactly sure how to get him back. But you know what, before I step in, I need you. I need you to do something that's probably a big deal for you. You're going to see me this week. And I need you not to walk past me. And I need you to work through your fear because I'm working through mine. And I just, I just need you to invite me in. And if I act like I'm not interested in going to church with you, still, I need you ask me to come. I need you to help me see God. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I need you more than you know. Because look, at the end of the day, God said he loved me enough to die for me. I mean, that is the claim, right? And if he died and he didn't stay dead, church is going to be full this Easter. Your church could be full this Easter of people just like me. Different face, different skin color, different age, sex, or social status. But make no mistake, I could be sitting right next to you. I just need you to invite me in, that's all. Nothing more, nothing less. And nothing complicated. And nothing driven by guilt. Just invite me in. 
aufstehen. Father, we ask that you would uh, send your Holy Spirit to refresh all of our hearts and our minds about what we signed up for. I pray that we will see the lost as being lost and as not the enemy and not as omni people that we don't like. But may we see them through your eyes. Would you send your Holy Spirit upon this church and power and might Father that we may see the captive set free the, the lost saved the demonized cleansed the, uh, the sick healed God you know the cry of this church you've, you've seen it Father would you hear our cry would you hear our call A call and a cry of, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out your Holy Spirit. Start a great awakening that would happen here. We want to clean ourselves up so we can show up for duty and do it your way. We thank you that you've called us and you've equipped us. Now this morning as we give, Father, we, we, we give boldly, God. We, we give to advance the gospel. God, we invest in the kingdom of God. Father, we invest in that, that postage stamp that's going to invite somebody. We invest in a, in a gallon of paint that's going to create a scene that will, that will cause somebody to think. God, we, we invest in, in electricity that's going to power a, a, a microphone that's going to speak truth to somebody. God, we invest this morning in your kingdom. We're sick of the enemy winning. Where we haven't pulled down strongholds, forgive us, we've sinned. Advance your kingdom. Because God, we know that you have called us to be victorious in Christ. And God, we choose to, to identify in it with a victorious Savior. We choose to identify with the one that overcame sin and death and left behind an empty tomb. That we can live and be victorious. And so blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.